Hello, this is Kevin from Titus Ministries. I hope you've had a good Monday. Just a few things I want to talk about so far. First of all, I had a great Bible study Sunday morning. Uh, really good discussion. We looked at the book of Malachi. Uh, and there's, so there's a couple things in Malachi that were really significant. Certainly there's Messianic prophecies and there's other prophecies as well. There's some excellent points made in the book of Malachi. Now, one of the things we talked about was that the minor prophets, the 12, are are fairly difficult for new Christians. If you're a new believer, or if you haven't studied uh, the prophetic works very much, then, then these can be a little challenging to really grasp. Malachi is a little bit easier than that because it's short, so you can read through the whole thing in a fairly short time, unlike Zechariah, which is fairly long. That's maybe a 30-minute read. But with Malachi, four chapters, and the fourth chapter is really short, uh, it's an excellent book, and it has some some very clear prophecies in it. Very clear points are being made, and a lot of uh, judgment, a lot of condemnation from God against the people. And remember, Malachi was written uh, around the time of Nehemiah, like pretty close, maybe uh, you know within decades afterwards. But we can see in the books of Nehemiah and Ezra how there was this revival. You know, you had Zerubbabel, and he was awesome. He did a great work, and, and Haggai encouraged him, and, and it was really good. There's good stuff there. And then a little bit later, it doesn't take much for that enthusiasm that the people had in rebuilding the temple and, and everything else. It didn't take very long for that to kind of go downhill. And that's really what we see in Malachi is uh, God's judgment. And he's calling out the priests. He's really pointing out the priests in the book of Malachi and 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 telling them what they're doing wrong. And and it, it's very clear. Just read through the book, maybe read through a little slowly uh, a couple times. But the one verse I want to point out from Malachi before we go on to what I mainly want to talk about today, uh, look at Malachi chapter 3, verse 16. So again, through Malachi, all four chapters is like, judgment against the priests mainly right it's mainly things that they're they're doing wrong and the priests are saying what are you talking about god what are you talking about god and and they're just not uh aware of their sin or they're not acknowledging their sin or they don't care there's just there's a sense of apathy that you get from the book and and that's that's really interesting i think we've really seen that in the united states lately and i think 2020 has exposed that like I think I've said before. But look at Malachi chapter 3, verse 16. Let me read that. It says, Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. Oh, such a beautiful book, such a beautiful verse in this in this book of, of judgment and God pointing out everything wrong that the, the priests are doing. But, I mean, it's it's such a picture of today. You know, we have so many pastors that have failed us and shut down their churches and they're implementing the ridiculous masks and excessive hand sanitizing, rubbing toxic chemicals on you and, and not letting people like hug and handshake like normal. But so pastors have failed us just like the priests were failing the people in the time of Malachi. But then we get to this one verse that stands out so brightly in this book that just... It's, it's the key to victory in an age of failure. Uh, it really is. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another. And when we talk about 
uh, the necessity of the church to gather. We, we always go to Hebrews 10, 25, because it's very clear scripture about the how the church needs to gather. You know, the don't forsake it. Don't forsake the gathering of yourselves together. You know, it's a command from God that can't be overruled by any government anywhere or anything else. So, I mean, that's final, you know, that, that's, that could not be more clear. But then we also have Malachi, which was, you know, 400 years, 450 years before the birth of Christ, you know, maybe 500 years before the book of Hebrews was written. And, and so we have the same kind of thing. They that feared the Lord spoke often one to another. And it wasn't with Zoom, all right? It wasn't with email and weren't texting or, or anything like that, FaceTime. No, they gathered together because that's what those that fear the Lord do. Okay, that's in an age of failure when the priests are blowing it, the people that, I mean, look at it, it's just so cool. Then the Lord hearkened, he heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. That is the key. That is it, you know? These people gathered together and spoke often one to another, and they thought upon his name. And that that's so beautiful. And I've often, in Bible studies, tried to emphasize the, the beauty and the power and the simplicity of, of Christianity all through scripture. We go back to one of my favorite verses, Genesis 5, 24, and Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. That's always been it. That is Christianity, walking with God. Jesus makes intercession for us. Jesus is our mediator. Walk with the Lord. That is what God wants. He wants our heart. You know, we are under grace. We are not under the law. So we, need, we, can, we have the privilege to go directly to God. We can walk with the Lord. We can think upon his name. We can thank Lord, Lord God, thank you for so much. We, we can talk to God regularly. You know, God is, is always there. You know, he says, do not I fill heaven and earth, saith the, saith the Lord. And we have him there that loves us more than we could ever understand. We have him there all the time where we can call on him, where we can talk to him, where we can just praise him and thank him and just tell him about, what we're feeling. We can cast our cares on him because he cares for us. And we neglect that amazing privilege. We neglect it. You know, when we have problems, we'll do everything else to try and figure it out our way. And then we'll be like, all right, maybe I should pray about it. And we got it so backwards. It's like, no, something's going on. I'm going to talk to God. I got to tell God about this. I got to tell God about this worry in my life. And before I do anything else, I need to spend some time in prayer. I need to shut my door, get on my knees before Almighty God, because there is nothing more powerful that you can do than get on your knees and pray to Almighty God. So that's just such a beautiful verse from Malachi. Chapter 3, verse 16. Please write it down, memorize it, whatever. They that feared the Lord spoke often one to another, and that's what we need to be doing. And that's why Titus Ministries exists, right? So that the church can gather, so that believers can just come together and talk and read through scripture and study God's word and, and encourage one another. Uh, so so that, that's really the whole purpose. And I mean, again, just such a beautiful verse. So Malachi, great book. This coming week, we're going to be meeting in the same place in Laguna Hills, Cabot Park. It's right off the 5 Freeway. Please email me. Please check the website, titusmin.com at the bottom of the home page. There's a, a contact thing. Just fill that out. And I get notification when somebody does, and I can call you right back if you leave, leave your phone number, and, and we can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Um, so this coming week, we're going to be studying the book of Titus finally. And 
And I love this book. You know, the ministry is named after it. But three chapters, just an incredible depth of doctrine. It is beautiful. But the one thing I pointed, wanted to point out, my main point for this podcast, for this episode, was from Ezekiel chapter 3. Now, Ezekiel is a fairly difficult book. I'd say it's one of the most difficult books in the Bible to to grasp, you know, between Ezekiel, Isaiah, and Jeremiah, those are, because they're so long is part of the uh, issue, and people don't spend a lot of time studying them, they got a lot of chapters, it can make them fairly difficult, but I was just reading in Ezekiel 3, and and let me start with uh, verse 16 through, through 18, so Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 16, it says, and it came to pass at the end of seven days, that the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the word at my mouth and give them warning from me. First of all, that is something that really isn't, we don't hear that a lot in churches. We don't hear that behind the pulpit. But the gospel is good news, right? That's what it means. Evangelion, good news. But it's also a warning. You know, uh, frequently in scripture and you know Paul called it a warning frequently we hear the the message of God as, as a warning you know Jonah went to Nineveh in Assyria to warn them and and that's what the gospel really is you know we have culture that has infiltrated the church to such a high degree that we're afraid to tell people that they're living in sin you know we're like afraid to tell people that no you're doing wrong and like no the Bible actually says that's not okay you know, this is what the Bible says. We're afraid to do that because the culture has, has told us that, no, no, that's judging. And your Bible says don't judge. First of all, we should never listen to scriptural advice from people that reject the Bible. Okay, never. If someone rejects the Bible, what they have to say on the Bible is, is really irrelevant. Unless they're open to correction and saying, hey, let me show you what the Bible really says. But culture's been telling us that, and so Christians are like, Oh, well, God loves everybody and, and everything's okay in, in God's side. And that, that's wrong. You know, the gospel is a warning. What we're saying is that people, the world, are they're walking towards a cliff. And the gospel is, stop, there's a cliff. Don't go that way. You know, you're going down a wrong road. Let me tell you about Jesus. You know, so it is a warning uh, to tell people about this. And it is important that we tell them, hey, you're living in sin. Let me tell you about a better way. You know, the good, do, the good news doesn't really make sense unless they know, hey, there's bad news with it too. The bad news is that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The good news is, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If we would but put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and repent and turn to follow him, to walk with Jesus. So I think that's something uh, we need to think about is, is understanding the gospel as a warning to people. You know, we need to let them know. Our job isn't to like coddle people or, or argue necessarily, but it's like, hey man, you're going towards a cliff. You know, there's good news. You don't have to do it this way. Jesus came so that we could have abundant life right now and that so we could have eternal life with him later, you know, after this world. And, and there's a warning attached to that. Okay, anyway, back to Ezekiel 3. So, and give them warning from me. And then look at verse 18. And this is the one that... I mean, I don't know. I read this verse and this just, this verse just latched itself onto my heart and hasn't let go for, for a while now, for a few days, a week or so. Such a powerful verse. And then I want to read you a commentary from one of my favorite commentators from, uh, 
seven or uh, 18th century around there, Adam Clark. So Ezekiel 3 verse 18 says this, When I say unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die, and thou givest him not warning, nor speakest to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life, the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. Uh, wow, you know, that's crazy. So let me, let me read you the commentary. Thou shalt surely die. That is, if he turn not from his wickedness, and thou givest him not warning as above, he shall die in his iniquity, which he should not have committed, but his blood will I require at thine hand, right? I will visit thy soul for the loss of his. This is all commentary, okay? Listen, oh, how awful is this? Hear it, ye priests, ye preachers, ye ministers of the gospel, ye especially who have entered into the ministry for a living, ye who gather a congregation to yourselves that you may feed upon their fat and clothe yourselves with their wool, in whose parishes and whose congregation souls are dying unconverted from day to day who have never been solemnly warned by you, and to whom you have never shown the way of salvation, probably because you know nothing of it yourselves. Oh, what a perdition awaits you to have the blood of every soul that has died in your parishes or in your congregations unconverted lay at your door to suffer a common damnation for every soul that perishes through your neglect. How many loads of endless woe must, must such have to bear? You take your tithes, your stipends, stipends, your rents to the last grain and the last penny while the souls over whom you made yourselves watchmen have perished and are perishing through your neglect. O worthless and hapless men, better for you that you had never been born. Vain is your boast of apostolic authority while you do not the work of apostles. Vain your boast of orthodoxy while you neither show nor know the way of salvation. Vain your pretensions to a divine call when you do not the work of evangelists. The state of the most wretched of the human race is enviable to that of such ministers, pastors, teachers, and preachers. Wow. Wow. If that doesn't hit you like a ton of bricks, I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It, it is a huge responsibility for, for anybody given the gospel, any teacher, pastor, or anything like that. And you should not be in that position unless God has called you to be there. But then, but here's the good news that Adam Clark finishes with. Let me read this part here. But let not this discourage the faithful minister who teaches every man and warns every man in all wisdom that he may present every man perfect to Christ Jesus. If after such teaching and warning they will sin on and die in their sins, their blood will be upon themselves. But you, O man of God, has delivered your own soul. So, I mean, maybe go back and listen to that. Maybe maybe go back and listen to that and maybe read Ezekiel 3 verse 18. It's just so, so powerful, and it's just a tremendous responsibility. And while that's really directed at, at the pastors, at those that lead the congregation, those that shepherd their flock, and primarily that's it. So, so understand that clearly. But also know that if you are a follower of Christ, you also have a responsibility to tell people about the new life that you have, to tell people about how wonderful it is to follow Jesus, and, and that he's there for them that that they're a sinner but he came so that they could be saved by his grace if they would put their faith in him 
you know, know the gospel well, know, know what it is. And, and don't be afraid to tell people that, you know, don't be afraid to tell people about Jesus Christ. This world is short, but eternity is forever. And that's all I got. God bless you guys. See you this coming Sunday in Laguna Hills.